Welcome to the Love Not Fear podcast, your daily source of inspiration and actionable insights. I'm David Hensel, and together with my co-host Eduard Brink, we dig into discussions on productivity, business and personal development, all with the aim of shifting the narrative from fear to love. Eduard, what's our topic today? Our topic today will be passion versus purpose. And I freaking hate the word purpose. I think it's the cringe word. I think it's overused. And if I think of purpose, I just have an image in my head where I see thousands of managers going in cohorts into woods, building rafts and doing breathing exercises. But yeah, it's a topic we must cover at some point. There is a ton of interest and attention to finding purpose, finding passion. The amount of books that reach the market every week is, is incredible. The workshop, retreats that want to help with that. These are not just a fad. So what does it mean? What does it mean, this positive search for meaning and happiness? I mean, I think it's very important to find out what you really want out of life. Makes everything much easier. You're not a leaf in the wind. You actually have a goal. And ideally, you know, once you find this purpose, then you're also passionate about this. <laughs> this makes it easier. In German language, I really like the idea or how it's used. The word Beruf, which is job, mm -hmm. or actually... I guess it's more vocation. Mm -hmm. We also use the word job from English, yep. but if I have a job, it's more like, hey, I work at a pizza joint to pay for my school or something like this. But if you have like your real life's meaningful thing that, that you do to make money, it's called Beruf, and it's coming from the word Berufung, which means calling. Yeah. So I guess if you find your calling, then you know you don't work a single hour in the day. It's but same I, word in, in Dutch, by the way, Beruf. Oh. Ah, calling. So it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's exactly like the same. Yeah. And I think it's not always easy to find this. And I think it's it's an important thing to figure out your passion and your purpose, even though you hate the words. But for me, it never came from sitting down and thinking a lot. You know, it came more from doing. You know, when I was a teenager, I had no idea what to do with my life. And it all came from just like doing things and realizing, okay, this part I like and this part I don't like. And then kind of like, weaseling my way or adjusting my way through different experiences until I really found what I'm good at. I guess what, what you're talking about is the Ikigai. Yeah, I think everybody's familiar with Ikigai. That what you get paid for, that what you love doing, that what you're good at, right in the center of these three circles is your Ikigai, the Japanese word. Yes. I think we all agree that having passion and purpose in life improves someone's mental and physical health. So we don't have to build that statement up. Everybody is, is, is sure about that. But I think when more and more things in life become unstable, as we're experiencing now, we have wars, we have climate, we have recession. Having a, a, a purpose in life can navigate through hard times. So all this attention, are we experiencing a crisis in terms of meaning? Identity? What do you think? I'm not entirely sure. And, and I've been very blessed always being in my bubble that recession has never really been, been a, a problem. Mm -hmm. Also wars, etc. That was always never something that, that really affected me. But also at work, especially when you do a startup, you know, when you build up a startup, it's almost impossible to pull it off if you're not passionate about this or if this is not really your purpose because it's going to get really, really hard. Yeah. And you want to stick it out and go through the tough times, you know, because that's the only way how you can really build a startup. So without passion and purpose, if you just do it for the money, 
it's going to be really hard to pull well, it off. If you're in doing a startup and you're calculating the hours <laughs> into it, it's, <laughs> nobody ever does that. that that's a no-go. So it, it all comes from passion in, in there. But what steps can you do to fulfill or to find your, your potential or your mission, your passion? I still like the Ikigai model a lot. You know, mm -hmm. what can you get paid for? Mm -hmm. What are you good at? What does the world need? And what do you love doing? And I always like the analogy of doing it like Tarzan when he swings on a wine. You know, he doesn't let the first wine go before yeah. he touches the next one. Okay. So, you know, kind of starting with a side hustle or starting with something that you do in your spare time to build something up is always a good good move not to jump in cold. I mean, if you have the funds or the, or the backup or whatever, then yeah. you can do that. But otherwise, this can be a dangerous undertaking to just mm. jump into the cold water. Yeah. I, I totally agree. If I lack energy in some of my tasks or some of my ventures, then I see I find myself seeking it elsewhere, building something up, something that gives me energy, something that gives me a, a drive and, and horizon. So I, I agree. I like the analogy of the vines. Yeah, it also keeps you from plummeting down and having to start up all again from the ground. No, that's cool. Okay, I've got a statement for you. Mm -hmm. So. Passion is a good servant, but a bad master. I guess if it's serving you to fulfill your purpose or to do things, it's a good thing. But if it's your master, then I guess you're addicted to it. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm passionate about wine or I'm, I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Passion can also be a source of illusion, of distraction. Mm. Passion can make us ignore facts, logic, consequences. So although the word is very, very nice, there are some flip sides to that point. Um, it can also serve you, like Steve Jobs always said, yeah. like the reality distortion field, by just kind of attempting the impossible mm -hmm. and asking for unreasonable things to, yeah. to get done and figuring them out somehow. So I think there's still a good thing about it. I was listening to a podcast with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and when he made a mental shift to moving from this Austrian small town to become a world-class actor and bodybuilder, he didn't aim to become a bodybuilder in Austria. He straight away he wanted to be a, a Mr. Universe. There's also a big lesson in what are you aiming at? Because even if you fail, you probably find yourself in a league where you wouldn't have dreamt of being earlier. Shoot for the stars. Worst case, you hit the moon. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, also one I freaking hate. <laughs> 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 well, I, I like it to, to go big, yeah. you know, because like often, oh. often people just like think like, yeah, I've yeah. like in at, at my last managing happiness cohort, I had somebody who's like was very modest with like what he was setting out to do in his in his goals and his mission and vision. And after we talked about this, he really went bigger, and I think this would make him way more successful. You know, every athlete, every you know, boxer, basketball players, you often hear them say like. I knew I'm going to be the, the best. Like they, they keep talking about this over and over, even though people say you, you're crazy. So which, you know, 98% of people always kind of pull you back. It's just a few crazy ones who say like, dude, go for it. Yeah. You, you, you can do it. And I'd rather like to be around the crazy ones versus yeah. being, being held back. There's much more to learn from crazy ones. And indeed, I think we are the product of the five people we hang out with most. For me, it, it was very obvious. I'm a lousy tennis player, but if I play against somebody who's really good, my game just picks up enormously. If I play with somebody who sucks, my play is, is even worse. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. How about balancing passion and, and reason? I'm not a balanced person. I don't know. 
Uh, Many times you spoke on how you detach yourself from external things that are beyond your control. And you mm. focus on your inner state of mind. And I think this is really applicable to this topic as well. Because I, I only focus on what I can control. I don't mm-hmm. watch the news. I don't uh, engage in things that I can't impact because otherwise I feel like a victim and I can't really push and I, I lose my energy. I'd rather use my energy for things that I can impact because otherwise it's just fighting windmills. And so when do you know how to uh, let go of something? For you, is it mostly an aha moment or is it gradual buildup of insights? events usually builds up you know kind of like seeing okay this doesn't work this doesn't work let's try a different angle this doesn't work you know and at some point you think okay this maybe not the right thing also i'm working on getting better off realizing if something doesn't flow that i Mm -hmm. stop doing it you know because i think you know if if it's it's meant to happen then it's meant meant to happen which kind of contrary with like the entrepreneur just like pushing through and kind of making the impossible happen but yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm, lately, I've been going more with the flow of things. If this is supposed to happen now, then it's flowing. If it's not flowing, I'll I'll just stop. I'm awful in letting go of things. I I wish I was easier at that and, and making a mental decision. Okay, this is not for me. Boom. I have this this horrible long period where I still give something a chance, I, and I even know it that I have this this condition. But <laughs> what is there to do? I mean. Would, <laughs> Also, if, if gray you... areas take a lot of uh, energy, the world would be very simple if it's uh, uh, black and white, but it would be way less interesting. This is why we have our filters of vision, mission, mm. uh, core values, etc. You know, kind of always running it through through that filter to see if this still fits. I don't know if I shared this on this podcast before. I used to. I started a business with somebody who was running one of my businesses. He was very passionate about the, the topic, and we started together. And six months in, and I, you know, I spent significant time, money, and resources on, on, on this business, and it was already generating profits. Uh, but I realized that this is not something I'm passionate about at all. And so I just cut it and, and gave him business, basically. So, okay, here you go. Um, so, and I think it, it feels really good to get, get, for me, it feels really good to get rid of things that, that are not serving me anymore yeah. well i guess it gets easier by with with time i mean could you create a list of of the things that you're currently involved in and then kind of like put them on the scale because you can mm. only hold so many things right if i yeah. hold this in my hand you know i cannot it's a pretty scary topic for me because <laughs> that has been out of balance uh, lately oh well on the other hand I've, i found uh, what i'm always very curious about is i i do this one thing and I reap the benefits of doing this in, in other uh, businesses or areas of interest. So you, you pick up skills, you pick up uh, insights that you can apply somewhere else. So I, I try not to, uh, to, to judge too, too fast if something is a failure or not, if, so, if something was good for me or not. You can only tell yeah. after a little while. I do the same thing. I, I try out lots of things, but it should always be to some degree serving my main purpose. Okay. Okay. That's I think that there could be a beauty for the assignment of today. How about uh, where could you detach yourself from external things that are beyond your control? Or maybe the, the same exercise that you may maybe doing is to to write down all the things you're spending your time on right now and see are these actually serving me? 
Yeah. This can be projects, this can be people. But I think there should be another column is, is how much time and mm. how much, uh, maybe a column for energy and maybe a column for potential. A friend, of mine, uh, a friend of mine wrote a book called Buy Back Your Time. His name is Dan Martell. And here's an exercise in this book. You write down the tasks of the day and behind this, you make two columns. One column is, does this give you energy or take energy from you? Okay. And the other column is how much does, is this like a $10 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour, $1,000 an hour task? Love it. And, and then you that, delegate, delegate the ones that are of, yeah. of low value, you know, and let's go I, for that. And yeah. yes, I think that's a good one. And also is energy. this in line with your goal? Are these things in line with your goal? I think that's, that's the missing thing. So does it give you energy or take energy from you? Is it a low value activity that you could outsource? And is it in line with your purpose, goal, vision, mission? If you, if you think of your purpose and mission and vision before doing that, you will find that en the task that you might have put down as taking energy is giving you energy because it's mm. bringing you one step closer to that goal. So great. We, we, we managed to put some depth in this uh, the podcast. So that's, uh, I'm happy <laughs> with that. Awesome. So, Beautiful. So that, that was it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Love Not Fear podcast. I hope you found inspiration and practical insights. And yeah, please uh, let us know if you have a topic that you would like us to delve into. So if you enjoyed the, today's discussion, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And take a look at lovenotfear.com because your feedback fuels our mission to spread the message and create a positive ripple. David. Rock and roll. See you in the next one. Great. Thank you, Edward. Thanks.